Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. And we've definitely got important news today from our great guest, Stephen McCauley. He's CEO of Empower Clinics. The company trades on the CSE under the stock symbol, CBDT, great symbol. And for our friends in the US, EPWCF. Now, for those of you who are new to the story, after everything that happened in the second half of 2019 in the cannabis space, investors more than ever are now looking to differentiate who are the real companies from the companies that were just riding the wave. Empower is a real company. First of all, generally speaking, they're vertically integrated CBD life sciences company and a multi-state operator of medical health and wellness clinics. So what does that translate into? They've got a patient database of over 165,000 patients. Uh, Q4 patient visits were up 350% to 4,600. That's compared to 1,300 for the same quarter last year. Their Q3 clinical revenues were up 137% to 663,000. And I'm sure we're going to see the Q4 numbers come out uh, when, when it's time. And on top of that, they've recently launched a CBD extraction facility with a big partnership. We'll mention that at the end. But today, here's the big news. I'm going to read the headline. Empower Clinics announces Sun Valley Health has sold its first franchise territory uh, for their clinics. Steve, congratulations. Welcome back to the show. Hey, George. Thank you. I always enjoy getting a chance to uh, talk with you and, and talk about what we're doing. Thank you. Well, this is a new one. I haven't seen it before, not in the public company space anyways. You've, you've already a smash success. On the, on the corporate clinic side on the U.S. West Coast, massive patient database. We talked about the number of visits for the quarter. Now, you know, how big of a milestone is it to have your first franchise sold? Uh, it is, you can imagine, a tremendous milestone for us. Uh, the team are just so excited. Um, I'm always very uh, disciplined and, and, and hard on them, quite frankly, about, you know, what does a deal mean? And, and to me, it's um, contracts signed, funds in our account, you know, wire transfers received. Now we can begin to say, yes, we've got that first signing. So this first milestone for us, you know, is, is actually come in a relatively short period of time from when we announced that we were designing the franchise program. Yep did all the legal work, did all the design, the websites, you name it, to the point in time where we've actually closed the first franchise uh, in a matter of really that cycle is probably four to five months time. So uh, just a tremendous milestone. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the team, um, how hard they've worked. Our franchise uh, sales representative, Johnny, uh, in Florida has been working tirelessly across the Johnny. country. Yes. And uh, of course, the administrative and support team um, with our Sun Valley Health Group in Phoenix, 
there to backstop all the uh, front end work that we're doing on franchising. So yeah, we're just, we're just pleased and thrilled about this for sure. So by the way, I don't know Johnny, but you just mentioned him. I wanted to give him a shout out because he's obviously done a great job already. Um, this sale, it's a thousand, it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's pretty much a thousand miles away. I did a quick Google map search, <laughs> thousand miles away from your operation on the West coast. What should this tell shareholders about your potential reach? Well, what I've talked about previously is, you know, what is the best way to grow our footprint? And what we're seeing is that irrespective of location, our Sun Valley health structure, business model plan can be replicated over and over and over again. The benefits to local patients um, that this industry and these types of treatment options are bringing to the market um, is just so substantial and significant. And we're only in the very early days of this. So yeah. I can't even imagine what this is going to look like, you know, three years from now or five years from now or 10 years from now. Um, so reach was a big thing for me with this. And we firmly believe that we're better off to partner with local business people, entrepreneurs, investors who will run their region, own their territory, own that um, patient base. What we bring is the turnkey operation. We bring all the know-how, we bring seven years of clinic experience, and we hand that over and we hold their hand and help them build so that they don't have to make mistakes. You know, our group, as they were growing, you know, they made mistakes and you learn from those mistakes, but they've got it dialed in now. And that's the benefit of a franchise structure. So I think we're going to see ourselves reach and really be not just a multi-state operator, but a complete nationwide operator in the United States and in international locations. And that's what I actually love about what you're doing on the franchise. It's not on the franchise side. It's not as if you quickly put up a CBD clinic somewhere and said, okay, I'm going to franchise this now, which is what a lot of people do. And I guess you can't do it. You come with massive experience, not number of years, yeah. massive yeah. number of clients. So anybody becoming uh, a franchisee at the day gets the benefit of all of that. You, you guys have been through all of it. Uh, so they don't have to go through, through the same thing. And I, and I love that. That's what make, gives me a lot of confidence in this. Let me ask you a question. I had no idea about the adoption uh, of medical cannabis in Oklahoma. I've, quite frankly, it's the first time I've even heard anything about Oklahoma medical cannabis. But in the press release say that more than, I'm going to read this, more than 5% of Oklahoma's population is now registered as medical cannabis patients. That's unbelievable. Uh, so given that adoption, is it safe to assume that more, there's more to come out of Oklahoma? Yeah, so Oklahoma, is, you know, we've been watching it very closely. You know, we pay attention to um, all of the jurisdictions around the country. Uh, we're following uh, states that have a strong medical framework and will likely maintain that medical framework for this presidential cycle and, and potentially even the next presidential cycle. We're thinking of, you know, long-term runway as we invest in a particular state. The state of Oklahoma is kind of like meteoric rise. I mean, they only just went uh, converted to this, this medical framework. And in just over a year, there's uh, over 210,000 uh, registered medical uh, cannabis patients. And the, the whole state is just a buzz with the excitement related to uh, cannabis treatment options and, and the opportunity to use this alternative medicine 
um, uh, in, a, in a real positive way and to right. help change lives. So we think that uh, we're going to have a really strong presence in Oklahoma. This will not be our only location. Um, and we know that the, the existing, this new first franchisee who signed with us has already stated an intention that they may want to take more territories. Um, but we have to get through this you know, early, early stage, get the facility up and running and, and get them going. Uh, but we, I fully expect we'll have multiple Sun Valley Health locations uh, in the state of Oklahoma. And a lot of people, by the way, as a side note, might think that you know, mass adoption at that level that quickly might point to, is there a problem in Oklahoma with people who want to get to cannabis and medical cannabis? But what a lot of people don't know, including me until a couple of hours ago, is that it's the, it's the physician framework where the, the state hasn't gotten in the way with limitations or anything. The doctors are basically allowed to recommend uh, the product for any condition they deem fit. They just have a, they discuss it with their patients and the state is letting them decide if medical cannabis is for them. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that think- definitely provides a great environment. I, I do too, and I, I really believe that that may be the uh, the framework for the future, whether it's uh, at, at state levels or ultimately federally in the United States. Is you know why not allow the patient and the physician in their consultation to make the determination between them, as opposed to having outside rules that limit what is a qualifying condition. So uh, that is definitely contributing to kind of the rapid um, uh, growth in, sure. in the uh, state of Oklahoma. And I, I believe that that's a framework that other states should look to model, uh, I think, in the future. And I think we'll see that kind of diversification in what is deemed a qualifying condition. You know, let the doctors and the patients work it out themselves. Yeah, less, less administration work by the state and, uh, and better adoption by the patients. So that's Oklahoma. Uh, you mentioned pipeline a little bit. So how does the pipeline look for other franchises throughout the U.S.? So our pipeline is solid. Uh, again, our, our salespeople and our admin people uh, behind franchising, they've been attending uh, various trade shows uh, over the last four months. We have another big show coming up uh, in Arizona, in Phoenix, uh, in uh, the middle of February. And uh, so we have a we have a deep pipeline right now of qualified vetted uh, candidates who have signed the franchise disclosure document, which means they've, they've, they have received it, they've signed that they've uh, accepted it, that they've received it. They may not have yet fully signed the contract or paid the fees, but they're, they're, they're close. They're, on, they're making decisions. So we've got pipeline in you know, regions like uh, Missouri, very strong, like you know, the greater St. Louis area. Um, Florida, Illinois, sort of Chicagoland area. And we would expect, obviously, we've got a lot more attendees coming to see us and to see us at the show uh, in Arizona. And I think that with the success of this first signing, I think it's going to be the catalyst. Yep. You know, one gets you three, three gets you 10, 10 gets you 30. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we obviously are going to work very hard, very closely with um, all of our uh, franchisees who come on board, uh, but it's especially important uh, in these early days uh, to make sure these first launches go as, as smoothly as possible. Uh, and I've got a bet going back to Oklahoma that the, the, the franchisee is going to have a grand opening, have their whole network of people show up, and it's going to come up right there. Hey, how do I get one of these? So you're right. One begets three, begets 10, and, and then away you go. Are you allowed to talk about 
your goal for 2020 or a number or or if you can't talk about a number maybe a range of what would make you happy in terms of number franchise because here it is january you've already got your first one done yeah. you know do you got a number in mind are you, are you able to share that with us you, you know we don't have a um you know i have an idea in mind and it's, it's because it's kind of you know a new um business model in a sense, you know, franchising our health and wellness clinics the way that we are in the medical cannabis space, you know, there isn't really a bunch of uh, competitors that we can model ourselves after and say, hey, well, you know, this was their uh, ramp up rate. So this is what ours should be. Um, I think that, you know, it'd be an amazing objective if, if we could have 10 new franchisees uh, on the books by the time we get toward the end of 2020. Um, that you know, that's, that's a lot of depth already. That's a lot of access to patients. Um, it's a great revenue uh, pipeline for us uh, in the way that the model works. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what this next quarter brings. Um, if, if the quality of the pipeline that we have, if there's even, you know, a third of those or half of those actually ultimately convert, I mean, we're going to have no problem getting 10 franchises sold in 2020. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to take the over on that. I'm not a gambler, <laughs> but if I had to, I think I'd take the over. There's no doubt. Hey, if, if they're available in Canada, I'd be talking to you about it right now. Let me ask you a question. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, you know, so people don't think it's not a softball interview, but I want to put you, your feet to the fire a little bit. Competition. Yeah. Are there other competitors on the franchise side? So is, this, is there Georgia's CBD Corp? that's also competing with you for the attention of the clinic franchises or are you guys pioneers here? So um, we, we do know we're, we're watching, there's a couple of um, regional players uh, who have tr are, are trying to franchise um, the concept of a CBD store, um, uh, but solely a CBD store, um, which is you know, only one part of what we do. Um, it's an important um, adjunct of the, the overall business model that we're promoting in, in Sun Valley Health, but it's one piece of the puzzle. So um, we're watching it. Um, I'm going to assume that there will be competition of some sort. There definitely are other uh, clinic groups around the country of all ranges and service offerings. Um, but from a pure franchise standpoint, uh, you know, we, we are pioneering a little bit, I have to say. And I'm, I'm proud that we are. And it's really because the team just knows what they're doing uh, and they know it so well. I mean, you, you, you go look at our numbers and, and the press release that I put out yesterday, you know, that's just a result. I just want to let, you know, our, our shareholders and prospective pers um, investors know that KPIs such as um, the patient visits month over month, quarter over quarter, are just incredible leading indicators yep. to what our revenue is going to look like. It's just, it's a major KPI. If our, if our patient count is going down, then uh, chances are, you know, the revenue number is going down. But well, you get um, 350% uh, for the quarter growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's that's not 20% where, Hey, you know, weather related, maybe you got a few more people walk in 350% means people are responding to your marketing and everything you're in and, and your setup and the quality of the experience uh, they are. When, you, when you have that kind of number, there's no way around that. Yeah. And our, and our teams and you particularly, if you take, you know, take the greater Phoenix market, I mean um, the team down there are taking market share. I mean, they're already um, the, the most reputable um, group uh, in, in the state of, um, uh, of Arizona. 
Uh, they've done more certifications than anybody else. They've certified more veterans than anybody else, but they're continuing to take market share. And so, you know, what will they look like, you know, a year from now and beyond? Um, but as a public company, that's not enough for us. You know, our, our, we have to expand our reach and our footprint in the way that we're doing right now through franchising. And, um, and we'll look at any other, you know, uh, corporate deals that, that might come our way. Um, as, well, I was going to ask that actually, do you, do you yeah. see more corporate stores? Uh, you know, is there a plan for more corporate stores, slow growth there, or is it more franchise now and, and, and have that hockey stick growth? Yeah. So the, if, if it's location by location by location, then my preference is franchising. I think it's logical. Um, it's, it creates partnerships. It gets us more depth and reach and scale. If it's, um, a roll up. So if there happens to be a good high quality clinic group in right. a particular region, and maybe they have five, 10, 15, you know, 30, you know, clinics in their, you know, portfolio, and it makes sense for us to roll them up in an acquisition that I'm looking at. Um, but if it's, you know, uh, opening one store at a time, uh, we don't plan on doing that ourselves corporately. So it's, it's really just leveraging um, our capabilities uh, on the merger and acquisition side as a public company, and then <clears throat> growing the footprint um, you know, organically through franchising uh, to get that uh, you know, extra large scale um, throughout the country. Last question on the franchising side. What are the economics of a franchise? I'm sure people at home are wondering that as shareholders, first of all, just, okay, what, what's generally the cost to get a franchise up and running from the franchise fee and the, and the initial product, I guess, that they've got to carry? Yeah. Um, what, what, what's, what, and then also, so for, as a shareholder, but you never know, you might have people at home wondering, hey, what would, what would this cost me to be a franchisee? So let's, let's get two birds with one stone. What, what is generally the cost to be set up and running in this turnkey approach? Yeah, so let me try and explain it um, from two perspectives. So one, I'm going to try to explain it to you uh, from the Empower Clinic side, um, explaining to shareholders and potential investors what it means to us from the economics. So we have a, a number of touch points. Uh, a, a franchisee will uh, pay us an upfront franchise fee, which is the right to a protected territory. There's variation in that franchise fee depending on the location. So the location of the territory, you know, the city or the state. And then also there's a population right. index. Yeah. <clears throat> so smaller population index, you're going to have a, a little bit less of a fee up front. Right. Larger population index, more of a fee up front. So that upfront fee can range probably on the low side is about $25,000 and could run up probably say to the $75,000 uh, upfront fee that comes to us. Um, for the protection of the territory, and then all of a sudden, all of the setup and know-how that we're going to bring you. Uh, next, we charge a royalty. So we get a royalty, which is very similar in all franchising. Standard, so right? on, the, on the revenues each month of the franchisee, um, they pay us a royalty uh, each month. So we, we, we get this recurring monthly revenue on the growth and success of the franchisee in that market. Which you're happy to give, I'm assuming, by the way, because you're providing with great product that they can well, don't have to worry about. They can stand behind and, and sell it very comfortably with a great deal of confidence. Well, what you're paying for, is, you're paying for over time is, is the turnkey uh, approach to this, is that you, know, you don't have to you know, fall on your face and make mistakes. 
Um, we're going to hold your hand and guide you on the best path uh, to success. So then the next um, thing to take uh, to consider uh, that, that we have in this, so we provide a complete suite of technology tools and administrative support, outbound campaign support. So think of marketing with um, call center, uh, text messaging, email campaigns uh, to drive business to that new franchisee. So we have what we call a technology package. And the franchisee um, will pay for that technology package to us, and we run all of that centrally for them. Now, these are costs that they're going to incur no matter what. So if they try to do it in-house, they're going to have to hire people to do it, train them. It could be hit, could be missed. Who knows? And most people, let's face it, they have no, uh, they have, they have no real understanding of marketing and what it entails, the complete cycle, all of that. Well, and so for, for you to and wrap for that up for them and give it yeah. to them? Yeah, and for the specifics of this industry too. Yeah. So um, our, our people on the ground are, are just absolute experts at this. I, I watched them, um, how they built those systems, how they run those systems. And I tell you, it's such a value added benefit to a franchisee. And so because we're providing all of that labor and support, we charge a technology package as a monthly recurring fee. And they, the franchisee can choose to scale it up, scale it down, because we, we've got it in little buckets and components. Then the final piece of the puzzle for us is around product. So in each of the health clinics, um, we will have, or the franchisees will have, a retail display experience uh, for CBD products and complementary health and wellness products. Those products must come from us. So we have some you know, rules under our franchising guidelines. Some things are, are quite rigid because we, we know this is the path to get it done right. So product is a big strategy. So as I've, I've talked to, uh, in the past, we're in the product business. We're in the hemp-derived CBD product business. And these franchises, uh, as, they, as we sign more and more of them over time, are part of our distribution and sales channel strategy. So it's in the franchise disclosure document. They have to purchase uh, product upfront as they, as they prepare to launch. And then that product just gets refilled through us uh, in you know, monthly recurring orders um, as time goes by. So we actually end up as the, the public company with um, diverse revenue streams related to the franchise model. It's not like a one fee and you're out. Um, we've got, you know, so it's very well thought out. And uh, I think we'll see some nice continual recurring cash flow as a result of this. And you know, the nature of the business of these clinics, I would think if I was a franchisee, I would want all that coming from corporate because I wouldn't want to take a chance on bringing other products in and I don't know what they really have inside of them, liability, all that, right? I'd rather say, oh. hey, Steve and his group got it down pat, the products come in, I know exactly what they are. I can go to sleep at night, not have to worry about somebody dying or getting ill or something happening because I, I also stocked product of George's CBD Emporium and then didn't realize that something was in them. So I, I think that, found, that sounds like a fantastic setup. And for everyone at home, by the way, if you don't know, you, a lot of you don't know this, if Steve sounds as confident and as organized as any small cap CEO you've heard, that's because he's the first Six Sigma certified CEO under Jack Welch back at General, back at GE that I've ever heard of in the small cap space. So when he talks about, you know, putting franchising on the table in 2019 and here they are, documents filed, everything done correctly, first franchise sold 
on in January of 2020, that shouldn't come as a surprise. So if you're impressed with that, then you can I can bet you, given his training and Steve, sorry that I'm glorifying you a little bit, but you know Six Sigma certified is something taken very seriously. You can bet that the actual operation of these franchises is going to run the exact same way. So, man, I almost wish I was American right now so I could, you know, open up a CBD clinic next door at the same time. And, well, and I, would, I would fully anticipate that at some point, uh, you know, our franchise model will be in Canada. You know, we, we, we've had some good discussions already. We, so we fully anticipate it, you know, and as a Canadian parent company, uh, it makes sense to, for us to, you know, be involved in the Canadian market. Well, I did, I did want to touch, I did want to touch on one, on one point there that, that, that we were talking about with respect to product. So um, the product, product quality uh, is such a mission critical aspect of this industry. And uh, we have to control that. We have to vet the products. And in fact, most of the products that are, are coming through our franchise, these are our own products. These are our own formulations. It's our own brand. Right. We, we're building out our extraction center and production uh, facility uh, outside Portland, Oregon right now. So that product that we're talking about that's going to be on the shelves of, of all these franchises uh, around the country and around North America are ultimately our own products. So we know literally which batch of hemp uh, it's coming from. We have all of our certificates of analysis and those certificates of analysis are available to view publicly on every batch that we have, on every bottle that- um, Unbelievable. That's and, fantastic, Steve. But it has to be that way. Um, you know, this is a regulated- well, It has to be that way according to you, but I got to tell you, I don't think a lot of people are, unless it's legally mandated, I don't know if a lot of people are going that deep. Well, um, it, it is becoming legally mandated. So you've got the FDA uh, at the federal level. You've got FDA at the state level. You've got uh, agricultural departments who are requiring uh, test requirements um, of the hemp, the hemp flour itself, the, the extraction product, your, your isolate and distillate that you create, and then the batches of products that you manufacture. And so to anybody out there who is not paying attention or not taking this regulatory framework seriously enough, they're just going to find themselves in big trouble uh, in the very near future. Um, not only at the regulatory level, because they'll be uh, non-compliant and they'll get slapped by the FDA, uh, but you run afoul of, uh, you know, you, you start to bring on the risk of, of uh, charges and litigation um, that, you know, no one wants to be involved in. So my team, our team, uh, they take product so seriously. Um, they have a hashtag, um, which is um, what's in your bottle. And so it, it, we, we actually Great. advocate Great. promoting the, the concept of know what's in your bottle so that what's on the label matches what's in the bottle and vice versa based on third party testing. So that we take it that seriously. So we want to protect the entire supply chain right through to the retail environment with the franchisee, knowing that the good customers and patients who come through their doors and purchase products, um, we know what they're getting. Steve, if we ended the interview right there, and we're about to, but if we ended it right there, everything you've discussed, the clinics, 165,000 patients, the database, 350% growth in, in, in patient visits to your clinics in Q4, first franchise being sold. Yeah. 
that would be everything. That would be tremendous, fantastic, stand up and cheer. This is a company to watch for the next 24 months. Get excited. But you also got, and we're not going to talk about in depth today because look, you know, just the clinic and franchise side alone is massive. Uh, but you've also got this CBD extraction partnership with Heritage Cannabis. Um, give us a 30 seconds on, you know, update on where that is, well, a 60 second update on where that is. And then for everyone at home, we're going to do another interview with Steve next week just to talk about this CBD extraction side of the business as well. And that's when you say, holy moly, yeah, this is no one trick pony. It's no two trick pony. It's multiple trick ponies. And that's what I love about Steve and what they've built. So what's going on the, uh, with that partnership, Steve? Yeah. So for, for those who don't know, so we have, we've secured a 5,000 square foot facility uh, outside Portland, Oregon. Um, Oregon is a hub for us. And that facility we are uh, building out as a hemp derived CBD extraction facility and product manufacturing facility. Uh, we've decided to do a joint venture with a large Canadian LP, a uh, public company called Heritage Cannabis, um, who are absolute experts at all things extraction um, and have been doing it for many years. They also have um, a big balance sheet. And uh, so they're bringing uh, capital, uh, standard operating procedures, know-how to the table. We're providing facility um, sourcing uh, the biomass, people. We already have our hemp handlers license in place. We've got corporate structure in the US, commercial banking, merchant services, all of the things that you need to operate a business effectively. Heritage doesn't have that part. That's the part that we're bringing. And then together we're forming a 50-50 joint venture. Um, we are in the final stages of um, the corporate structure, final stages of the definitive agreement, um, the confidence of Heritage um, is such that they've already advanced us $250,000 of the initial $500,000 uh, into the joint venture to fund uh, the CapEx. So, you know, they're, they're pretty certain that, uh, you know, we're moving forward together. Um, a great group of people at Heritage, um, their CEO, Clint Sharples, and I, uh, have, you know, really worked this out uh, together uh, when we met about six months ago uh, here in Vancouver so stay tuned for what at home because that's massive just on its own so either one of those are company makers and uh and empower clinics and the and the, and the team at uh, and steve's team have both so steve congratulations on today thank you congratulations on the speed with which all this occurred and another thing a lot of people may not know especially new people is that steve took over empower in january of 2019 inherited a bit of a mess and has brought the company to where it is today in 12 months. So if you extract the logic, if you extract that kind of project, that kind of progress, pardon the pun, starting from your starting point today, Steve, I can't imagine when you're going to be 12 months from now, because in 2019, you had to clean up, reorganize, restructure, get things back on track. And you still hit things out of the park with a major acquisition and the partnership. So I can't wait to see what you guys do throughout the year. And congratulations. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks so much, George. We appreciate the time as always. Hey, you've been watching Steve McCauley. He's CEO of Empower Clinics, the company trades on the CSE with a great stock symbol, CBDT, for our friends in the U.S. on the OTCQB, EPWCF, and even for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt, 8EC. 
you've heard what Steve had to say, or you've been listening by podcast, you've listened to what Steve had to say. It's powerful. Uh, we know that this is going to be the future. So what your job now is to start your due diligence or continue to due diligence. Uh, get to Agoracom first, get to the company's hub, take a look at the profile page where we've neatly organized so much of the information to make it easy for you to get that really big picture. Then link over to the company site to do additional due diligence and then hopefully uh, become a part of the company because we love the company and you can't pay me enough to say great things about something I don't believe in. I believe in Steve. I believe in Empower. I hope you do too. Have a fantastic day, everybody. See you next time.